Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the VOB podcast, Voices of Vic. Today, I'm talking to my man, Jay Monsicani. So Jay, what he's done is created an app on the app store. He's created an AI educational tool called ACID. ACID is incredible. Basically what it does is uses artificial intelligence to create flashcards to help you study. This is from kindergarten to grade 12 primarily, but it even helps for university students. I've downloaded the app, started creating stuff myself. So let me show you how this works. Okay, so we get into the app. As you can see, there's a bunch of content here already created by the users of the app. So I have a bunch of stuff here. Linear algebra, recursion notes. We have loop and variance for math. It's a, it's a community basically is what it is but you can create your own as you can see here the main feature of the app is a bot it's an ai bot called quizzy so if i want to go in and i say create 10 flashcards for grade 10 biology i send that into the bot because grade 10 biology the last time i did biology was in grade 10 not a bio student. Quizzy is gonna generate these flashcards for me in under 30 seconds. So there we have a grade 10 biology flashcard set. I'm gonna pop this on the screen. We'll open that. What is photosynthesis? So you go, you get your answer, click on the screen, it'll give you photosynthesis, it's processed, blah, blah, blah. Press correct, track your success if you get the questions right or wrong. So that's Quizzy, that's the AI bot. And then you can also go and upload your own lecture notes. So the AI is gonna go and look through your entire course basically and create flashcards based on that. So I can go just upload from library, add more, and then go from there and just add whatever notes I have in my files. Obviously, you don't need to use AI. You can make your own custom flashcards as well. And then just to make sure you're on top of your stuff and organized, they also put a calendar feature in there. As you can see, today's the 10th. I have study bio 120 flashcards for my exam on Tuesday. So I'll make sure to get that done. And you know, you just stay on top of your material. Go from there. You can do this for any subject. It is absolutely amazing. So if you have younger siblings that are in elementary school or high school that you think could benefit from something like this, even for university, I'm telling you, try this out. Go in the app store. It's on iOS only. Go download the app. Let's get into the pod. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the VOV podcast, Voices of Vic. We're here, episode 32 with my man, Jay Mansukani. What's up? Nice <laughs> to meet you. Nice to meet you, too. It's been, uh, nice to meet you. It's been crazy times recently. You know, we're getting into yeah, finals. Yeah, of course, of course. I appreciate you making time for this. Of course, of course. Final season's always busy. Yeah. But it's uh, good to take a break and have a good conversation. So, yeah. Absolutely. That's how I do this. So, just to give you a quick uh, intro, Jay is the founder, co-founder, yeah, co-founder. of an EdTech startup company called ACIT revolutionizing the space would i say yeah hopefully hopefully right hopefully hopefully um fourth year computer science student and i just am excited to talk more about the app you just showed me a video you're in uh, times square yeah yeah that was pretty cool so we just got like a 15 second clip up on times square which was pretty crazy but i guess i was just uh it was just cool to post see it around get that feeling of like a your app being blown on a big screen yeah that was cool yeah absolutely so we'll talk more about the app yeah, obviously we'll of course of course it. of course to start i want to ask you more about yourself yeah. you know personal yeah, yeah. stuff yeah i feel like a lot of entrepreneurs you're seeing these days a lot of like booming products have more to do with the the face like the person behind it yeah, than yeah. the actual product yeah. so like you see a guy like mr beast for example yeah, of course he's selling chocolate bars feastables yeah. all this stuff yeah people aren't buying it because the chocolate's so good people are buying mr beast yeah of course i mean mean, like even if you look at like the shopify collab like it's just that there's just like leading everything into like you know mr beast's feasibles collection or like his clothing like line or whatever but yeah i think it's slowly changing into like more of like the person who's behind the brand rather than like the actual product but sometimes i feel like um in this sector in specific when you build like products quickly and like try to ship them out 
I feel like sometimes it really doesn't make a difference like who's behind. They're yeah. just like looking at the product more or less. Yeah. It depends, right? So if it's more of like an influencer product and you're looking at it from that type of way, like um, have you heard of this company called Stan? No. So it's like a influencer based, like a, so a TikTok guy from TikTok actually yeah. dropped out of Harvard, Stanford and he started this company and like he spoke about his entire journey, like starting the company from zero, raising five million. Yeah. And like he is the face of the brand. Like if you talk about Stan, he's like the first person that comes to my mind. So like, I think it just builds depending on the sector and also. Absolutely. Yeah. So talk to me. You're from UAE. Yeah. You're so born I've there. been, yeah, I've been born and brought up in Dubai. Like, okay. uh, Dubai is basically home for me. I'm actually from India. I'm Indian, but I've been born and brought up in Dubai. So if you ask me what home is, it's, uh, Dubai. And you're actually from Dubai. Not like these guys who want to say that. No, 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 no. Dubai, I'm right? actually <laughs> from Dubai. I like people just say like, oh, it's like a super rich country. Like yeah. you guys are the tallest building in the world. Yeah. I mean. To an extent, but not really. Yeah, yeah, that's fair. I mean, yeah. I, I what I know from Dubai is that obviously you have the skyscrapers and you have like yeah, all yeah, the yeah. money there, yeah, but then yeah. there's also part of the country or part of the city even that's like you know a lot lower income and it's of a course, harder life. Of course, yeah, absolutely. But um, yeah, no, tell me, where'd you go to school? Why U of T? What kind of got you to this place now where you're you know fourth year entrepreneur? Okay, so okay, so yeah. to start off, like um, I think for me personally, like um, initially, like from this education system, I was in a British school in Dubai. So like um, the curriculum was super different. Like the whole yeah. focus was like not really like Canada, you know, schooling system. But um, I think it was so funny because I actually think it was my mom who was like, oh, you should go to Canada because there's a lot of work opportunity over there. And I was like, okay, yeah. sure. Because my whole plan was like US before. I was like, I'm going to study in US. I'm not going to study in Canada. Yeah. Um, I was like either like US or UK, like for a bit. Uh, I looked at UK. I didn't want to go to UK anymore. Uh, then I looked at US. I was like, okay, I'm just going to my SATs and stuff, you know. Um, from there, go ahead and just try to get into US schools. My mom came and she's like, you know, you have to go to Canada. Like, there's work opportunity. Because my sister went to US and she didn't get that lottery system thing, yeah. H-1B. So she had to come back to Dubai. What is it, sir? It's like an H-1B visa. So it's like a lottery system to get a work visa. Oh, really? Yeah, it's, we it's weird. So I didn't know. I didn't know that was like, a thing. So there's like a lottery system over there. And... Um, like she didn't get it the first time yeah so uh she came back to dubai and like my mom was like you're you're not taking that risk yeah, so yeah, she's yeah. like you just you go to canada and like i knew a couple of people who went here they enjoyed it uft i, I actually don't know why like i applied to a couple of universities yeah. um i got into waterloo and uft and those were like two picks yeah like i was like it's either waterloo or uft Funny thing is my co-founders from Waterloo. I was going to say, so, yeah, that's right. And we strong. both applied together. Yeah. So, like, we got into the same schools. And he was like, uh, like, I'm confused between UFT and Waterloo. I was like, I'm also confused. But then he just went to Mechang. I was, like, more on the CS route. So, I just went to UFT. He went to Waterloo. And that was it. That's awesome. So, your co-founder, Pashan's his name? Yeah, Pashan, yeah. You guys Pashan. have known each other for a very long time. Yeah. Ever since you were kids. Yeah. And to be co-founders now, it's kind of a cool thing. Yeah, it is. I mean, like, it depends, right? So um, you have to kind of streamline it in a way where it's like you're not exactly like this. You don't have the same relationship when you work. It's very different. Yeah. Like, I don't know how to explain it sometimes. It gets kind of hard to explain. But, like, um, when you work in a business, like, in a business setting, it's just a very different environment yeah. in comparison to if I was going out and, like, you know, just going for dinner with him or something. Like, you know, it, it yeah. changes. Yeah. Like, the whole dynamic of how you speak, how you work towards something i think it's different and i think that's a good thing because yeah. it's not like you know the same boundaries get carried over so True. it's like we learned to do that like because we made mistakes obviously like we didn't really understand yeah, how yeah. different it was supposed to be but i think over a period of time you understand like okay fine this is 
more serious like you have to change your relationship here it's not really the same expectation right so that got um, a little bit better like that we learned to do that over time yeah i was gonna ask you about because they say don't mix you know friends with yeah, business yeah, yeah. don't mix family with business yeah. but for me like i understand the reasons obviously yeah. i'm sure you and him kind of went through the the motions of what that means why people say that mm -hmm. But what do you think is the key to kind of being able to mix those two? Because for me, like, if I were to go into business with my brother, yeah. I feel like that would be the best partner to have because, you know, he's blood. Like, I feel like that's a trust yeah. that you couldn't break. Yeah, but I agree with what that. What do you think it takes? I mean, um, so trust is the biggest factor for a business, correct? Like, because yeah. you're thinking about it in a way where, like, this guy's not going to screw me over later yeah. on, right? And I think that blood is thicker than water. So you can think about it, like, if you're, you know, starting something with your family member, like your brother, you feel confident. Yeah. But I've known this guy since, like, kindergarten so he's like a brother to me yeah. so it works the same way and it was also like a decision um we took like specifically because we realized okay we actually want to try to do this and try to you know uh build something special and it's it's actually a good dynamic because i met the cto of the company in uft oh really so he's like a fifth year computer science specialist and okay. i just met him in like a club setting somewhere yeah and i was like oh do you want to be a like cto like is that an interest to you his name's alex and um shout out yeah shout <laughs> out so he was like yeah, yeah i'd definitely be down to do this and then we interviewed him for like two months yep. like you know spoke to him a lot tried to get to know him as a person as well because the same thing comes in right mm -hmm. like this was more of like a shock because he was like a complete stranger yeah and i just met him right but we were looking for someone at the time so like we kind of took the risk but we tried to get a better understanding of who he was as a person if he was trustworthy or not and then like you know see if he fit in like the business and how we run it absolutely like when you're interviewing for a job i think that the whoever's hiring you maybe like 25 percent is your competence like can you yeah. actually do what yeah. you say you can do and then 75 percent is character yeah yeah you need to know yeah. the person course, you know what are course. their tendencies yeah. will they stab you in the back yeah. all that kind of stuff yeah. um but yeah so you and him applied to U of T and waterloo yeah and and was that like a decision where you wanted to go to the same place like how is that affected it wasn't your guys really relationship? A, it wasn't like um it wasn't like the same place thing i feel like it was more or less like um so like to answer your question about the second thing like i think it's better that we went to different universities got it we had different experiences on each side yeah and our connection base was different that mm. was a good thing like we made connections differently so like he made like a solid intro to like Waterloo's like incubator velocity. Yeah. So they're like super helpful. They've been helping a lot with you know whatever we need right now. That I wouldn't have got that intro if he wasn't in Waterloo. Yeah. Same thing with here. Like we uh, got intro to like you know com like incubators like DMZ over here and yeah. like met a lot of people from that route just through me being here. Naturally. Absolutely. So I think the connection base is different as well as like you get a good amount of space because i think people don't realize when you're stuck with someone for so long and you're actually working on something yeah sometimes it's good to just like you know separate it out that's and true see how you feel yeah and we work remotely so it doesn't really make a difference but i think it's just good to you know get that breathing room so when we meet it's like you're like on fresh on whatever you need to speak about absolutely so that's good. yeah i was talking to my girlfriend about this the other day of how in a household like traditionally there was the man of the house yeah put that part aside i think that it's important to have a leader of the house right yeah whoever it is i think that a leader is important do you feel ever that one of you kind of has a final say like your co-founders how do you yeah. work out when there's a disagreement does someone like can someone put their foot down or how do you solve those issues so i think it depends on each side of the business so that's a different part right 
So I've always been like more gravitated towards the more the product technical side. Yeah. He's always on like the financial side. Got so it. So whatever budgeting allocations, business operations we have, like he's the one to like take the decision on what to do from there. Yeah. For me, it's more like product. Like if Alex is working on something and like I want to see something change there, then I'll say, okay, this is how it should be. It shouldn't be that way. Got it. So it's more like, it's just like a good blend of like um, strategic, you know, mix where it's like, okay, he's working on this side. I'm working on this side. But if it's like a entirety of a company decision, it's always taken together. 100%. Like that's a boundary that we don't cross. Like yeah. it's just whatever we both agree on. Cool. There's a lot of wannabe entrepreneurs out there, mm -hmm. right? I think that especially nowadays, I always say this, I am definitely one of them. I want to be an entrepreneur. Once I graduate, yeah. that's, that's my plan. I'm yeah. not too worried about, you know, getting on this career path. I really want to make stuff mm -hmm. for myself. Um, but there's a lot of there's a lot of wannabes. You, I think, are actually getting to that point where you can fully call yourself an entrepreneur. You have a product ready yeah. to go. What separates someone from being an entrepreneur and being a wannabe? So, okay, I don't know. Like, this is a very controversial question to answer, obviously. Yeah. But like, I think um, it solely depends on like two things. Like, I feel like I learned this mistake the hard way because when we didn't have a product, we were like trying to reach out to like angel investors and we were trying to like, you know, get, um, you know, marketing insights out, like display yeah. like Figma images of the prototype. That for me was like a wannabe moment because I had nothing to physically throw out into someone's hands and yeah. show them. Yeah. So like it, this actually changed like recently, like maybe in the past year, because we entered this program called Build Space. Have you heard of it? No. So it's like a school where you work on your own ideas. It's really cool. Like, so they got into YC in like 2020 yeah. and basically what Billspace does is like they help people like create things and ship them very quickly. So they don't really help you, but they give you like this push, like through social media, they give you this push to like getting things out quickly. Like they taught you how to like iterate and just push out, yeah. like build in public and just be happy with it. Mm -hmm. So that's when we found out like a lot of change in the market. Like we were trying to target like university students and then like it switched to K-12 because we focused, we started seeing like progress in the K-12 side. Yeah. Then we switched the model to like from like, you know, content sharing to more like AI focused content. And we just switched like small things because we built in public and showed people what was happening. Yeah. Like that switch really helped us. If I didn't do that, I would have been screwed, honestly. So like, I think it, it really depends. Like if you can build something like quickly, ship it out fast enough, like and you are ready to go with like a product then like you're a great entrepreneur yeah but if you're just trying to market something for two years that's never going to come out then that kind of becomes like a wannabe moment that's I a good think. point yeah. that's a good point talk about the importance of speed yeah ACIT, ai yeah. all this stuff is yeah. based off speed you know yeah. 30 seconds or less flashcards yeah. boom yeah why is speed so important in business and i feel like a lot of people kind of they are yeah. you know sleepwalking in terms of school i mean but then yeah. you could also see the same for business yeah so i think it depends like also on the industry you're in and how rec like how easy it is to replicate something Got that it. is like the hard part right yeah like if you because there are a lot of flashcard apps and like i know we have like competitors in space also who are also like looking in that direction of like just like putting ai into the flashcards but we kind of figured out um a good way to like kind of differentiate between difficult and easy content. Mm. So like what we did is we used to test a lot like with uh, software engineers who worked at like big companies. Yeah. So I had a friend who worked at Amazon and uh, he used to test the app and like try to get flashcards for like HTML. Obviously he wanted like a more difficult understanding because his knowledge level was way higher than like someone who's in grade five. Yeah, yeah. But then we had like demos at like um, this kids coding academy in Toronto and like there were kids who were learning HTML who were aged like seven to nine. 
So like it's the same topic, but how do you differentiate the difficulty level between for a five year old versus like right. for someone who's like a software engineer? Right. So we we kind of figured out how to do that accurately, and that differentiation part was fun. Yeah. Like we we saw a lot of progress there. I also think it depends on your market, right? Like if you ship out something quickly, but like no one uses it, like what is the difference? You know. Right. So yeah. I think it also depends. It's like a good mix, but yeah. like we were happy with like the AI part of the platform that was shipped out pretty quick. Like okay. that we focused on like pushing out fast. Like just to see if people would like it or not, yeah. and they did. So, like the other part of the platform took a lot of time. That yeah. was like a mistake on our part because we were really like hesitant to like push something out because I always had this impression that oh, I put money into this, like so did like you know my co-founder. Like what if it doesn't work right now? Yeah. Like that was the entire impression before, but I had to let go of that feeling and say that you know just screw it. Let me just push it out and see how people are responding. Because if I did that earlier, I would have changed a lot, but I didn't do it earlier. Yeah. So like we shaped things according to how the market was looking later on and who do you go to test something like that it depends right so like our market was k-12 but like we wanted to hit more teachers and see how yeah. they felt about the product so we literally just cold email we used to actually cold call them it was really weird like the yeah. skip was basically like hey um i still like kind of sympathy them so i was like oh hey i'm a you know student from university of toronto for their student like and i'm doing this like super big research project and like it's i'm gonna get a course credit for this yeah, yeah. basically i see like you know <laughs> this is um like just i just want you to know if like would you use something like this then i just describe the product yeah and then if they said no i would say that like oh why don't we just come like to your school and show you like a 30 second demo and see yeah. how you feel like so we did that with a couple of schools we actually got like two customers from that experience which nice. was fun yeah but like um like we that's like the now the fun part is like since we're out on ios shout out so <laughs> like now you can start like pushing it out a bit more absolutely yeah and so like when you show up to the school and they're like wait a minute this is not for a research project this is a business no they still think it's a research project okay yeah. Cool. yeah got it that's funny what have been like What's if you had to name the number one obstacle? Yeah. Something let's say maybe something you didn't expect during this whole process, whether it's the coding, whether it's yeah. selling to the teachers, whatever. What's been the hardest part? Oh, uh, I think the hardest part, honestly, is like staying motivated throughout the whole thing, because mm. like there's a lot of dejection that can happen in between. Yeah. Like you have to seriously like believe that okay, fine, this will come out at some point, and this will do well at some point. Like. If you give up very easy, I think that whole grit mentality is just like out of it. Like yeah. you don't have it at all. Cause it's not really easy to keep seeing something get pushed down. Like, like funny story, actually, I'm just gonna like say this openly cause like it's super funny, but um, we actually had this investor come in like for the round and this was before we started like the AI stuff. So yeah. it was like pre like older ASIC. So this guy came into the round and uh, obviously not gonna mention anyone's name or anything, yeah, yeah. but like, he we got a confirmation of the amount like i'm not going to say the amount or anything but like we got a confirmation of the amount how much it was going to get wired to our account and then like two days later he just ghosted us yeah like no response yeah and we were like basing the entire like product <laughs> on that and stuff yeah. and i was like damn there's yeah. no cash in the business right now so that was like a like a hard thing to like overcome because yeah. like i think naturally you'd be like yo what the hell is going on like ah, where's my money yeah but still like i think it's just like um over time you kind of get used to the fact that like it's okay to get rejected or push out of things. Like it's fine. It's just that not everyone thinks that your product's gonna work. Right. Like if you believe it's gonna work and like your customers like the product, yeah. like someone else might not see that, but right. you can see it, right? So 100%. try to push as hard as possible. That's what our whole team is made out of. I think that's the main thing too yeah. with sales is that a lot of people try selling bullshit. Like I think the best sales strategy you could give to someone, best sales yeah. tip, 
is just to make a product that you actually believe in. Make your product so good that you think that anyone who doesn't take it is, yeah. is losing out. So in, sorry, in our perspective, like, um, it's also like, if you make a product that you're so, like think about that, you're like, oh, it's gonna be so good. This is like a really great product. Yeah. Like what is the limitation of good? What is like, how do you quantify what good is? Right. Cause like if no one's used it and you think it's good, like it's a hard, that's true. You know, it's a hard, that's a uh, good point. it's a hard space to be in. There's also, yeah, you got to get reality checked yeah, from time to time. Exactly. Um, and that's once again, that's, uh, that's just my first kind of pillar to sell yeah. to sales. And then after that, you got a whole bunch of other stuff. You got to yeah. basically figure out what the, the person's desires are, their mm -hmm. fears, you know, what, yeah. what, how do you sell to an 85 year old teacher versus a 21 year old teacher? Yeah, you know what yeah, I mean? Yeah. Like these are different things you have to think about, which yeah. is, uh, which is interesting. What do you say to people who ask, is it just like chat GPT? Okay. So have you ever had that question? I've had that question. Yeah, yeah for sure. So basically how we differentiate it is like we operate on the content side where we try to focus on things that are curriculum specific. Yeah. So like we use GPT as like our underlying base. So how we search through content and access it is through GPT. I don't want to make it like extremely technical, but yeah, like yeah. that's how like we add additional con like content to the context. So it kind of gets smarter because it's catered. Yeah. So like GPT actually announced something called GPTs, which is like you can make your own chat GPT. Mm. So it's kind of like you upload your own context of data and try to make it like for yourself. Yeah. But our difference is that since it's like translated like into an app already, when we approach teacher for like a sales cycle, like we'll just say that, okay, fine, like give us your content that you're working with in the school. And let's try to like quantify it to make sure that it, everything works properly for you in your classroom. Yeah. So if there's something that's not in our existing database, we'll add that data onto it. Okay. Just to make it very specific to what they're teaching in the classroom. Or so we prepare the semester's content for them and give it to them. Yeah. yeah. So, but yeah, ChatGPT, once again, just asking about the product, ChatGPT's text database. Yeah. It's text-based, yeah. Yeah, it's based off the entire internet, right? Like up yeah. till 2021 or whatever. Yeah. Like it, that is its source. Yeah. Would it be difficult for like your AI to do the same just with like one teacher's course material? Like how does that work? No, so like how it works is like there's um, like to answer exactly what like, so okay, let me just break it down a little bit easier. So how it works is like GPT's base of knowledge is like right now it's updated. So GPT-4 is up to like April 2023, okay. around, give or take. So that knowledge base is existing in the app. Oh, I so see. So that, like, that knowledge base, whatever GPT is holding, that yeah. search context is available for us to use. Got it. So if there's something that is, for example, if GPT and, like, this content that we've uploaded to the training data, training data yeah. is in the same thing, then we'll try to source out, you know, what's more recent. Absolutely. For example, like, GPT is 2023, so then we'll just input that data and to use it. Got it. But if we can help tune it and make it better, like, sometimes GPT is not accurate. So if it's like school data, like we have to make that more accurate. And like we had this conversation with the teacher last time because I remember we had a meeting with her and she was like, oh, can you ask it to give me like grade 11 or grade 10 calculus flashcards? So it gave those flashcards, but then we realized that um, grade 10 or grade 11, sometimes they don't teach calculus. Oh, so there's like a semantic understanding that we have to still make it understand. Yeah. That's a lot of work for it. Right. But right now, whatever you ask it to, it works pretty well. Because right now we updated the language context as well. So like we can translate and input like 95 different languages. Yeah. And it just translates it, translates it back for you. Absolutely. So it makes it kind of an easy experience. That's really that. cool. That's really cool. Um, one more thing I was going to ask. Oh, yeah. You're going to these teachers. What's like the average 
demographic of the teacher you talk to? Is so it man, woman, how old? Like what? Like what kind of feel are you getting? Is it all Toronto? Or where, where do yeah, you guys I mean go? it's more or less Toronto. It depends, though, right? So like we're trying to find out. We actually try to find out what kids are in the classroom first, mm-hmm. just to see, because uh, public schools are really hard. Yeah. I'll be honest, like it's super hard because the board you need approval and everything. Private schools are way easier because it's it. like you're just going straight to the teacher and be like, yo, buy the product and see how you like it. Yeah. And we'll give them like a week trial, see how they like it. Like once we've even gone to an extent where we've taught the class. Really? Like with the product, just to show them how it works. Yeah, yeah. Like and it's it's actually funny. Like I'll show you a picture of it. So it was on um I posted on Twitter, but it was really funny because we went for this demo and the teacher just said, Oh, like, can you teach the class? And <laughs> I was like, Okay, sure. That's awesome. Yeah, and then we basically just taught the whole class with like the app which was super interesting this is it like you see like that's all of them using it oh yeah like i'll just show the camera as well like go. that's basically it like that's the app and the between them they're just learning how to code and i'd like cut out some paces obviously but like yeah it's just yeah. like us teaching kids which is super weird but it was a good way to get a customer that's cool yeah and so how the app works i mean i didn't really ask you exactly yeah, like yeah, yeah. the inner workings of the entire app in general, just like quickly, what would, if someone was asking what's ATSIT, they have yeah. no idea what it is, yeah. how would you describe it in like an elevator pitch way? Yeah, so we just say that it's a tool that helps educators create gamified flashcards in 30 seconds or less. There you go. That's literally like the elevator pitch. Yeah. Okay. And it's it's different in the way that you have creators on there in terms of people can make their own content? Yeah, so right? how it works is like we have, so that was like the older version of the product, which yeah. we didn't want to really let go. So we made it kind of a fun thing where it's free. So like, you know how you have social forums where you get to post things? Yeah. So students can just post their content on the app, no issues, and then just like, we check the content to verify if it's, you know, right. fine yeah. to post. But like, whatever content they want, people can just search through to see what's on the app. But like, how... Um, like what incentive is there for like those students to post? So them? we have like, sometimes we have competitions, like you can win an Amazon gift card if your con- like, you know, content's good, etc. If yeah. you just want to share some stuff and make your own content, you can do that. Like, there's a mix of stuff, but mainly it's focused on like the fact that like we can just get a community of people who are sharing stuff yeah. more or less but i mean the main part of the product is quizzy which is the ai chatbot and that works on the context base because we actually when we were demoing this product we actually found a lot of different markets that we didn't know we had mm. that was weird because we had parents who were reaching out to us on twitter saying like oh i have kid like a child who's like neurodivergent or like dyslexic and yeah. some of them have autism so this product could work for them because they physical flashcards are kind of hard yeah. to like interact with. Right. But if they slow down the learning experience and we kind of made the progress different, like I'll show you. So how we really operated on the whole thing was like, okay, fine. Like we'll try to make it um, very active recall focused. So like it doesn't really give you the answer directly. Yeah. It's like you have to check if you actually know what it's talking about and yeah. then you can, you know, see the answer. For sure. So like, for example, I'll just open up like a random flashcard. It doesn't have to be anything that's generated by Quizzy just to show you other experiences. Like, so if you click on like human body flashcards, like it just gives you the flashcard over here. So the questions over here, and then you can like see if you can answer in your head, like, oh, what is the largest, like, you know, organ in the human body? Yeah. You're trying to think about it. If you did get it correct, like you can just check the answer and then just mark it correct. Nice. And it just indicates your progress on the way. Absolutely. So you can see how well you're doing on that, you know, period of time. And like the, majority thing that people have been using this for is like to learn a language which is kind of cool like yeah. that's something that we didn't expect either taking over duolingo yeah yeah, yeah. hopefully <laughs> number one competitor yeah that's funny do you ever get backlash from teachers or whoever about like your age 
for being so oh, 100%. young. 100%. Yeah, yeah, like, it's not even about the young. I think this was, like, more, like, last year. But I feel like um, we get backlash because we're trying to change something that's been, ex- ex- like, incredibly stagnant for so long. Right. Education stayed the same for a very long time, especially the way that people are teaching students. Yeah. Is like kind of the same, and like if you look at it, like we always think about the problem spaces. And like if you look at a classroom averagely today, like three out of four students will be left behind, like in terms of how they're like keeping up with the pace of the class. Mm. That's because like each of the learning style, even if it's a younger class, it's like it's not catered to them specifically. Yeah. So that personal content side is very bad. But like in terms of if we can create something which helps teachers make the content faster make the content more engaging in terms of how the flashcard operates yeah. and how engaging it is to read. It gives them less time to waste on the content, more time to have that creative input for the student. Yeah. So we look at it in that direction. So yeah, the education system, that's a tough like industry to kind of crack, to break through. Yeah. I feel like a lot of people have seen the, the posts of like, here's what a phone was in the 1920s. Here's what a phone is yeah. in 2020. Yeah. You know what I mean? Here's what a car was uh, back then. Here's what a car is now. And yeah. then you see the classroom in the 1920s, same. the same. Yeah. It's the exact same. Um, and if anyone has ever watched this podcast, they'll know that I definitely speak out against kind of like traditional educational law, yeah. um, which once again is kind of stupid because I am taking part in traditional education. Yeah, so course. there's a bit of arrogance there. But... But no, it's definitely interesting. What would you say to someone? And once again, I'm act, I'm asking as yeah. like someone would definitely be thinking this question, yeah, even yeah, though this is course. not something I would actually think. What do you say to the guy who says, look at all the amazing things that the traditional education system has brought about? You know, we've yeah. landed a man on the moon with traditional education. You know, yeah. we've done all these amazing things. Yeah. And now you're like trying to break that once again. Yeah. All the power to you. I think yeah. that it's probably a good thing. What do you say to that? So we're not trying to like break the entire classroom yeah. <laughs> status, like yeah. in terms of like where it's being taught, how it's being taught. I feel like it solely depends on them kind of changing the strategy with time. Mm. Like AI is a very prominent field right now. It's booming on many fronts and even places where I thought that it wouldn't be used, it's being used to a very f- high extent. Mm. So like, I know Google announced something called Gemini yesterday as well, which is like a GPT competitor. Like, I don't know if you heard about this. What's the, what is it? Well, how so is it different? It's like a, it, the context space is much larger. So oh. the way it understands information is also like, there was this demo, it was really cool. So they put like a camera on top of um, someone on a table mm-hmm. and it they basically asked like the AI, so Gemini, to basically interpret what the person was doing. So he put like a paper and then it just said like, oh, he took a paper and then he drew like a line and he said, oh, he's drawing a squiggly line right now. So yeah. it was analyzing what he was doing in real time and like giving wow. feedback. Jeez. So the possibilities are very high right now. Yeah, and yeah. like how a classroom can be like, honestly speaking, I don't go for class that much because yeah. I feel like sometimes I feel like maybe it's a waste according to like, yeah. and it was not controversial. I was like, yo, what the hell's this guy saying? <laughs> but like, it depends on the course, honestly. Yeah, yeah. But I feel like it also changes depending on how interactive it is. Correct. Like I had taken this like entrepreneurship course this sem, like, and I loved it because yeah. you work somewhere else during the course. Like that was sick. That's Because cool. it was, you work somewhere else at the same time. Like an internship? Yeah. So you yeah, worked yeah. part-time somewhere else and then you reported back on each thing and criticized it during the class. Got it. Like that was engaging to me. Like yeah. I enjoyed that thoroughly. Absolutely. So like that was different, but I feel like there's also like, um, for courses that are very heavy tech space or like if it's a math course, like, 
and you're just writing the solution on the board again and again and again, someone is going to get lost behind. Right. Like, that's what I'm trying to say. So, like, I feel like if it's not, like, individual to each person, if it's not, you know, ca- categorized exactly to how they want to learn, yeah. it's going to, like, break away instantly. Yeah. So, it, it depends, really. I'm taking bio 120 this semester. I'm okay. not a bio student. I'm okay. an econ student. Yeah. But I'm also doing a psychology minor. Okay. I didn't realize this, but the psychology minor needs it asks you to have a high school biology credit. Okay. And I didn't have that. Yeah. So now I got to take bio 120. Yeah. And I was sitting in lecture and I was talking to my friend and I was saying, like, this professor has one of the most interesting topics, evolution, which I'm super interested in. Yeah. I love evolution. Just thinking about how that could be a thing is, yeah. is crazy. Um, it's so funny because my roommates argue about like how evolution is all the time. It's oh, yeah. so funny. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So funny, yeah. I, I I talk about it sometimes yeah. on here. Like I think evolution's real, but I also think it doesn't disprove God. Of so course. Kind of like that. Yeah, yeah. Balance. So they have the same exact debate. Yeah. Like it's yeah. like oh, one person's like it's scientifically proven. Like this yeah. is like the exact structure of how like you know your mankind was made. Yeah. Another guy's like, nah, it's just th- this. So it, it just depends. It's funny to watch, though. Yeah, I, yeah I'd be it's a good... It's interesting, though. It's interesting, yeah. I'd be a good mediator with yeah, these yeah, two, because yeah. I agree. I think so, yeah. But, um, but anyways, no, I was sitting. I was like, they... I said this. I, w- I was saying they had to bring in the most boring professor to balance out how interesting this subject yeah. is. Because he is monotone. Yeah. He doesn't move on stage. He's like... He is exactly the opposite to what I thought evolution was, which yeah. is a super interesting topic. Yeah, you yeah, have to yeah. balance it out. You know, boring course. professor. Long story short, because I know you can't get away with anything. And I literally, to my friend, I was like, I shouldn't have said that. That was, yeah. that was rude. Yeah. I shouldn't be talking shit to this guy. I've never even met him. Yeah. I, I shouldn't say it. Anyways, long story short, I'm whispering this during the whole class. Because like, whatever. He's Once again, he's yeah. disinterested yeah. in me. It's not ace it. You know, I'm yeah. not like constantly yeah. on the ball. I'm, I'm bored by what he's talking about. So yeah. I'm whispering. And I'm, I'm having this whole conversation. We must have been talking for like 40 minutes. And we're like 35 rows back. Like this is yeah. Con Hall. Yeah. Huge. And we're yeah, yeah, way yeah. in the back. And yeah, I'm yeah. whispering this whole time. And then there's a quick pause in the lecture. And he's like, uh, can the people in the back please quit the conversation? And I was like, who's he, who's he talking to? Who's talking around me? Yeah. And then people started looking towards us. I'm like, no way this guy from all the way there heard me whispering like that. So I knew. Anyways, at the start of the lecture... I, you shouldn't talk shit about people saying that they're a boring professor. Of course. Because you're going to get caught. Yeah. And I did get caught. Yeah. Not like an hour later. Anyways, that just goes to show that yeah. the moral of the story there is don't talk shit. But yeah, also, yeah. there's a lot of ways you can take an interesting subject and just destroy it with your delivery. Yeah, of course. Of course you can. Like, I mean, it depends, right? So for us, in our perspective, we were trying to focus on, like, this whole different experience. And I feel like... Um, at one point, it got stupid because when we used to like talk about it, it was like, oh, like classrooms are dead now. But that's not true. Yeah. Right? Like, <laughs> yeah. You know, like we, we shouldn't have pitched it that way initially. Got it. Like, so we kind of made it like a fun, engaging thing where like you could, wherever you feel like making or like practicing a flashcard is just good on the go. Mm-hmm. It's fun to understand. And I think it's simple. That's the like easy part, right? So right. when a product is like super simple, I felt like when people we spoke to tend to enjoy it more. Right. So that was more of the direction we wanted to head in. That's that's true because yeah. AI seems like a scary term, right? Yeah, the that's word. what we didn't. W- th- that's the problem, right? So we didn't want to make it s- like sound or feel intimidating. Yeah. So we like made this chatbot persona. We like you know made gave him a name. So quizzy. Yeah, quizzy. That's, like, so that's a good point. So we kind of like 
made him feel like a friend. Yeah. Like, and we just, that's why, like, the thing on Times Square was, like, meet your AI study buddy. So, yeah. like, that was, like, a whole, like, meet him. Like, that's, like, his thing to handle for you. That's So, kind of make it less intimidating and just to make it more fun yeah. for you. Yeah. Absolutely. That's really smart. Um, I will ask you, what is, just circle back on uh, okay. Sean, what do you feel is the importance of having someone to bounce ideas off of? Like, if you were to do this yourself... Yeah put away like his finance expertise aside, yeah. let's say you had the skills. What do you think is the importance of at least having kind of like a guy to work well, with? Well, I always think it's good to have a co-founder. Like mm -hmm. it's just good to have someone to like, you know, you can rely on the person if something screws up, you know, yourself. I think like I really respect the people who go into like the solo founder route. Mm -hmm. It's really hard. Like I don't think I'd be able to do it. It's super, super difficult. But I feel like having someone right there, like you said, to like bounce ideas off of, you know, brainstorm anything that you were like actually interested in. Yeah. I feel that changes a lot of like in your dynamic and it makes kind of your relationship as like a company stronger as well. True. Like it, um, at the end of the day, it might feel like you're giving like great ideas, but like something m might sound really good in your head, but from the outside side, it like, it's not and, like, yeah. he was there like, say, okay, this is not really a good idea. Right. Like, I don't think we should do this, you know? Yeah. Like look at, it's always like pros and cons to everything. But like when you see something, you're like, Shit, this is so cool. Yeah. Like, uh, let's do this. It, it's not really like on the outside. It, it's not as glorious as it seems. True. Yeah. yeah. You're hyping so it up in your, in your yeah, head. Your head. Because yeah. you came up with it. That's true. Yeah. Talk to me about the AI club. You're the president, yeah. co-president? Co-president of UFT AI. How did that come about? Okay. So this is really random. But like I came to UFT, like, so it's my fourth year. But like I, my first year was online. Mm -hmm. So like in COVID, I was looking for like to do like yeah. i was looking at clubs like you know you life student life seeing what else i could do yeah. and i found this club called uft ai i was like this is cool like let me check it out yeah so um like i saw like members in the club and like i met these people in my like my freshers week on like zoom so this like seemed like very inviting so i was like a partnerships exec so basically what the club is it's like we call like i think it is so we're like the largest undergraduate canadian you know artificial intelligence group in canada yeah that's because we do a lot of initiatives in comparison to other you know student run clubs so we have a conference every year that's super super massive we get a lot of speakers that are very high in the field we partner with a lot of companies for sponsorship get recruiters to get students on board for jobs next summer etc mm -hmm. so and we also have this like machine learning competition called project x which is like we invite schools from all over the you know north america and like this year we have Harvard, UPenn, uh, a couple of great schools as well that are participating in the event. And they like do a research paper on a topic. Like, yeah. so this year's generative AI, yeah. but like on computational efficiency. So how like, you know, a system won't waste as much energy when it's doing something. So those are research topics and they get like paid like, you know, a prize money at the end of it. Got it. So we're trying to make it as very inclusive, yeah. but initially I heard about it as just like an AI club. I didn't know it was that big. So I entered as like a partnerships associate. We were doing like outreach for like, that that year the conference was online so that i never really felt it at that point yeah from being like a partnerships exec i went on to become like a partnerships director which was basically like more handling like the sponsorships the way we get money for the conference and the club is run through sponsors right so like there's a bunch of sponsors that are super interesting like depends on what they're doing in this specific year like this year we have kpmg uh wombo like great sponsors who are like coming on board and helping us out so we took a step back because we saw last year's conference and we said like we can do better like we think we can do better like yeah, not yeah. To sound like arrogant like i yeah, just yeah. thought we could do a better job yeah. so 
I applied for the position of like co-president. Um, there was a girl called Alexis. She's it's so weird because like Alex is my CTO, Alexis is my yeah. like it's weird. <laughs> yeah. So um, we uh, applied like for the same things. So we ran for co-president. We got elected, and my roommate, uh, his name's Hamza, super funny guy. Uh, he always had his vision because he came as an audience member. Okay. Right last yeah. year. Yeah. So he told me he's like yo like. I, what what is this like i want to do a better job i got bored during the conference i was yeah. like what do you mean bro it's like an ai conference like what are you saying like yeah, yeah. It, it's, it's like just people talking about like ai that's the whole encompassed feeling yeah so he's like now nah, let's like try to do something else like different so he's a conference director oh nice this year yeah so we kind of like shifted the di- dynamic and we wanted to make it super different from this year mm. so we did a lot of in-person activations this year we got like people to literally come from companies to speak to students so we're having like a Bell-sponsored conversation. That's for students in XM. Ripple Ventures, if someone wants to become a founder, like come and speak to them directly and see how you can get an inside out of that. Because yeah. they have like programs where they can give you like a $25,000 grant to get started or yeah. something. So like if you have that in you, like go and speak to them about it. This year's conference is super different because we're doing one day. Okay. It's not two days anymore. Yeah. So we want to do one day and then we have like this, uh, we're the first pers- people to actually create like an AI-generated art gallery in the conference. Nice. So, have you heard of Wombo before? Yeah. So, like, they're, like, the, like, peak people in, like, uh, AI-generated content creation for, like, social media influencers. Are so they, they make ahead of, uh, what's that Discord one? Um, I can't remember. Oh, the, uh, you mean... Um, There's a, I forget what yeah, it's yeah, called. Yeah, yeah, oh, Damn. What was the name? It's big. Yeah, it's super big. Uh, I Mid-journey. use it. Mid-journey. Mid-journey. Yeah, Mid-journey. okay. So... Uh, Is it ahead of Mid-journey? So, no. So, they focus more on, like content creation correct so so like, like videos yeah i'll show you so oh, the sure. funniest thing ever was like i cold emailed the ceo for a partnership and i didn't know Wombo. That. yeah oh, so i just <laughs> cold emailed i was like yo i we're trying to raise more money i think you guys would be a great partner like because yeah. i don't want to hit like these big corporate companies i want to hit like these fun companies who just raise like you know a 10 million dollar round yeah. and, like they're ready to like throw their money at something like you know fun yeah and that would ob- obviously get their name out as well right so we looked for companies like that and they do shit like this, like. Oh yeah, this is uh, it, like, this is called stable diffusion. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's like a lot of like you know AI-generated content, like Snoop Dogg just dancing on like a TikTok <laughs> trend or something. So it's like they're super cool. And like we cold email CEO. This guy replies to me like three days later, and he's like, "Yo, shit, I was the first person who started the club." I was like, "No what? way!" Yeah, he started it, so that was super weird. That's crazy. And he's like, "Yeah, of course. Like, just come to my office and let's talk about it." So then we came up with like the AI-generated art gallery because yeah. we wanted to switch it, and we're trying to subsidize it also. Because last year, like, people paid like forty dollars for a ticket, and if you're a student, like, that's a lot of money to just put down. Mm-hmm. So tickets are like twenty bucks this year, and we're giving you everything like food, access pass, networking. That's like sick. we're subsidizing everything just to make it more inclusive. Yeah, yeah, that's so cool. I can't believe that. I used yeah. it, Wombo for a, a YouTube video on this channel, actually. Yeah, okay. Because cool. we were, I made this whole video about, um, it was a city, it was a mythical city yeah. called Asfra. Basically, what it was talking about was the idea that I think that in university there are three types of students, there are three types yeah. of people. And anyways, long story short, I'm not going to go through the whole story, but it's cool how you can kind of, that this is the new age you yeah. know what i mean of course, of course. ai is now taking artist job yeah how do you feel about that do you think that ai is actually taking people's jobs away <sighs> okay so i because it's like given you yours yeah but i feel like it so it depends right so i feel like if you're positioned right now 
to use it effectively and you apply for something in that field like and you know how to use it they'd pick you over someone else got it like it's it's actually pretty funny like the way companies are moving towards it because like obviously there's a lot of hiring freezes because like it's for things that are automated like they can just like completely like take it away right. which is fine like that it's expected yeah but i feel like if if you look at it from like a perspective of like you know a business analyst or like for example like a product manager like they've started taking on new roles like ai product manager or like ai business analyst like yeah. it's it's yeah. weird like i mean i was just like very confused when i saw it like off like a linkedin post or something that day and i was like what the hell is this role yeah like it's so random and the whole thing is based on you knowing how to better your prompts like you know have like prompt engineering has become huge too that's a new so term i just yeah. like heard of the couple so, weeks ago so it's prompt so weird engineer. it's so weird how it's going on like it's yeah. technically it's smart because like how you stable a prompt now like can build or break you know like an entire company because mm. like especially for on the coding side like we used gpt and like copilot a lot like to understand but like if you screw up in the way you speak to it, it doesn't really work right so like there's a way to like kind of push it towards that, like a certain direction of you want like a surface level answer that you can take and like you know implement yeah so it's weird but like it was just a fun experience seeing like how people are adapting the job market yeah. but it is bad right now right like people are just kind of like i know pwc had like a 25 percent hiring freeze because they're just using ai to like handle their audit now which Jeez. is crazy yeah but like it's just i think there's more opportunity to like create these micro generative ai companies for like small problems yeah i think that a lot yeah. like auditing like is such a big market like if you hit like two clients like you know if you hit kpmg you hit pwc deloitte and like mckenzie you're like a billionaire already yeah, yeah so i think it's it's crazy how big it can go if you scale something like or a niche problem scale absolutely and that's what i always talk about i love that i get to talk to this yeah. about this with you because you're actually in the space yeah. i'll have we had a a girl named ava super nice girl but i'll have her come on the podcast she's like she writes poems about heartbreak okay. and i'll ask her about ai because it's just always i'm always thinking about it it has nothing to do with what she yeah. knows but it's just i can't stop this yeah. just like it's crazy it's moving so fast do you ever feel like when you get to lecture like the computer science stuff they're teaching you it's like well this none of this matters now that ai is yeah but it, i think it's weird in a way because i feel like um i think ai just makes your life faster yeah like it's weird i've not gone a single day without using gpt crazy like it's actually insane the day it came out like it's not for like the perspective of like it's just trying to make your workflow faster like mm -hmm. you can plan things like 10 times quicker and then just schedule and then move across so 100%. like i feel like that works out to a huge advantage but i feel like then again like when you said you said something about artists right yeah like yeah that's weird like yeah. that's a very weird topic to speak They're about, going about out of commission, like, yeah. yeah like if someone's spending like you know 13 to 15 hours like to paint something right. and then they're just like getting <laughs> ripped off in a minute that's screwed up yeah. that's crazy that's hard like i know this company that's based out of Toronto, like I think it's Montreal or Toronto, I can't remember, but they're called Acrylic Robotics. Mm. Super sick company. Like I'm just shouting out everyone's company right now because yeah, this yeah. is really cool because what they're doing is, you know how when an artist makes like one piece, it's hard to get the same replication of the piece. Yeah. Correct? Because yeah. like if you make one piece, for example, and you spend like 20 hours on it, you won't spend 20 hours to make it again. Right. So they use robots to analyze like the print pattern with ML and then they use the robots to repaint the image. No way. It's really cool. Like yeah. real images, like you're yeah, talking about like real paintings. Like real paintings. Like they'll analyze Jeez. the painting and then just like paint it again. That is crazy. Which is crazy. Yeah. So 
for U of T and U of T's context, obviously you have the club that's AI. Yeah. Do they have you had any courses or lectures on AI? Like, have they caught up to speed with that yet? Or they, is yeah, it just they like have. Like, yeah, I mean, uh, some of the CS courses that I'm taking, like, they talk about it openly. Yeah. Like, it's more or less they show as well, like, the dynamic of the course has changed a bit because I feel like they've come to a point where they cannot avoid it. Right. You get it? Like, yeah. it's like... It just uh, showed it's, up. It's, it just showed up. So yeah. they can't, like, get away from it. Like, as much as they want to try to, like, you know, inclusive of that, like, you have, like, things like Gen AI statements in your, like, reports and stuff now. Yeah. So I think it's like an entire like different like they had to push into that direction and i feel like we changed as a club as well because uh what we're doing at UFTAI is like we have this program called learn ai so it's like students can register for it they apply for it if they get accepted and they can you know come into a course so we actually teach them how to like code their own ai algorithms yeah and we use gpt as like a base to yeah. help them so yeah it's fun that's cool yeah um a question i always like to ask people and in the context of you know computer science AI, I think it's a good one to ask yeah. you. What do you think are the three most crucial occupations to the advancement of human civilization? Occupations, as in like, as in like jobs. Okay, just so like whatever jobs. Yeah. Okay. Are the, are most prominent right now. It's like a difficult one to think about. Yeah. But you don't need any order if you don't. Yeah, want. of course. Um, I think product managers are definitely a specific field that will hit up in a very large amount. I'll tell you why, because I feel like if you can get someone from the outside perspective to lead uh, an AI project and not actually just be the one to code it, mm. there's a huge difference. Because I feel like if you can lead a team of like six developers to push on and make something in that direction, it's much better. But I also feel like software engineers still have a very large job opportunity in this right, market. Right. It's not screwed for them as such because they're just shifting their entire project flow to AI projects. Yeah. Like they're putting APIs in everything and just making it like a generative AI project. Right. So I feel like that is like a big switch that can come out of it. And then I feel like one more occupation to think about. I don't know, I feel like I'm interested to see where prompt engineer goes. Yeah. That's weird to me. Like yeah. I feel like there's a lot of courses that are also coming out about like this this prompt engineering, but yeah. I feel like that's also a dip like a skill that you have to acquire. Like how to actually play with these large language models and like see where how far you can take it. Yeah. Because if you add like a basic response to GPT, like it'll give you a basic response. But if you target it and shape it a little bit, like I read something about this thing where it's like stereotypical information. So like if you want to know something about, you know, like, for example, I saw these people on TikTok were using it actually to get more views, which is okay. really weird. Yeah. So, like, um, you have this Excel sheet of your, like, TikTok um, content. Like, you can get it from online. There was a website which does it. Yeah. But with that Excel sheet, basically what you can do is um, download all your, like, post timings, number of views you've got, et cetera, upload that into GPT, hmm. and then ask it to assume the position. So, it's stereotypically telling it, like, of a digital marketer. Yeah. And then, like, it analyzes the CSV as a digital marketer. Right. And then gives you, like, the best times to post, best view times. <laughs> so, it's weird. That but, like, crazy. I think that's how it can go in that, like, direction. I am I find it interesting that you list three occupations or positions that are all, like, in the AI or computer science space. Space, yeah. Do you think that, like, that computer science is where it's at? Like, that's it? Like, for me, when I think of three occupations that yeah. are most crucial, I think of like engineer, okay. that's computer engineer, yeah, of just regular yeah. engineer, uh, like doctors, and yeah. then I think of farmers. Yeah. So I think of a lot, like these are old 
time, yeah. you know, so positions. I, I, like my, uh, my thought process was like, your, but then again, like you can see it going differently. Like hydroponic farming is becoming very bigger now. Right. Correct. Yeah, I'm like gonna need. Yeah, it's a good point. You're, I so guess like you won't need the human farmers. Yeah, the like it depends. Like it's weird. Them. Like because um, you are, we have to kind of think about it as like how far is this actually gonna go? That's true. Like I don't know where this is gonna what be do you in think? five years. I don't know. I think in five years, I think it's gonna be completely different. Like I feel like the way we operate, the way we're working, is gonna be very different in five years. Have you seen the movie uh, The Creator? Mm, no. No, I it's haven't. an. You should watch it. It's an okay. AI movie. Basically, it was pitching the idea of a coexistence between AI people and okay, human Okay, okay, yeah, yeah, I heard about it. Yeah. I've heard about it, I've heard about so, it. So, like, when people talk about the doomsday of, oh, AI is going to take over, the whole world's going to be run by robots. Yeah. The movie's basically saying, not necessarily. Yeah. They might live with us, yeah. but they won't take over. Yeah. D- is that what you think would happen? I don't know. I feel like it. that's, like, a way deeper, like, stream. Yeah. I feel like that's, like, very, very, like, in the future. Yeah. Do you think that... Because people talk about AI in a very negative light, it feels like it feels like it's kind of doomsday, the end of the world type yeah. thing. Do you think that's like a little over exaggerated? Do you think yeah, that we're a long way away from anything? Hundred percent. Like I don't know. I don't think people should even think about that right now. Yeah. They just think about the opportunity that it's creating. Right. Like, in a way, it is creating a lot more jobs. If you look at it in a perspective where it's you yeah. know good, because think about it, like Y Combinator, seventy percent of their last badge was Gen AI companies. Oh, wow. They all use the GPT API yeah. and just like moved up the ranks, but they solved it like this problem that was super niche. All of these companies are going to hire more people anyway. Yeah. So it's creating jobs in a way, I feel. What do you think about AI and music? That is like a weird that one. Is a, that is I also think. a weird one. Yeah. yeah Drake, that is a weird one. Drake songs. Juice World's now yeah. got more songs with AI because yeah. he's dead, but there's a robot Juice World out there. Yeah. That's tough. I mean, if it sounds good. Yeah. I don't know. know. You know it's what I mean? Weird. It's weird. It is weird. What it's do you a think? Weird feel. I don't know. Like I feel like, um, I don't know. It's really weird because, like, I think it just kind of discredits them in a way. The musicians. But it's yeah. But it's kind of cool to see how people can experiment with. That's right. the cool part. Yeah. I mean, yeah. There is a really good song that my brother showed me of uh, Plankton diss track on Mr. Krabs. Okay. Which was good. <laughs> yeah. Um, but no, it's 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 tough. You see that there's like these pop stars that are AI. Yeah, like things exactly. getting signed for yeah. however much money. No, so like, I told you about Bill Space, right? Yeah. So these guys created like one of the guys from the last batch. I can't remember what they were called, but they created like an AI music agency. Music agency. Yeah. So like, what does that look like? Like, it's like you can hire your own artists, etc. But everything's AI generated. It. it was really cool to see. And then that one guy that I told you about, um, who created this like platform called Musicify. Yeah. Like, bro, this guy. Had grew like so fast in six weeks yeah like one million users in like a span of like two months yeah like grew like crazy and he thought about it smart like i loved like how he thought about it because he put it in the producer's hands yeah so he said imagine what you guys could do like if you created your workflows in advance that was smart like that's that's really smart it is you know so like that changes the whole dynamic of it Mm -hmm. i think it just depends how you look at it absolutely But, like, I don't know if I'm going to be listening to, like, AI Jake music anytime soon. <laughs> yeah. So uh, we'll yeah. see. We'll have to see. I like I like my uh, my human music. You know, John yeah, Mayer. Yeah, yeah, of course. John Mayer is the best. Got a few other guys. That's my yeah. main one. But uh, Is that yeah. your favorite artist? Favorite artist, for sure. Okay. Wait, you like who? Drake. 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 Yeah, Drake. <laughs> yeah. I give you, like, top five is just Jake, J. Cole, Kendrick. Yeah. Yeah. Those are my, like, top three out of everything. Sweet. Yeah. 
what is success to you? Because a lot of people, question. the question is that, you know, should money push you? Like what motivates you to do yeah. this? Once you get money, are you going to, you know, stop? How do you, how do you manage that? Like, what are you chasing when you're chasing success? Um, like I, I always think about this, like being financially free, mm -hmm. like doing whatever I want yeah. to the point, like that's when I feel like, you know, you're successful, but I don't always think about it in a money perspective. Like it's not even about the fame or the money. It's more or less like that I'm very content with what I'm doing. Yeah. That is like a good level of success for me. Like, I think if I was stuck like in a corporate job for a very long time, I would eventually burn out completely to the fact that I was like, I don't want to do this anymore. Yeah. I feel like I'm happy working for myself and I want that opportunity. Right. So I'm going to try to chase it as long as I can and then like see where it goes from there. Absolutely. Because I think like I love it. Even my co-founder likes it. So like it's just a good environment to like, you know, have it. We were talking about this the other day. We're like, yeah, we'll open an office in Waterloo, you know, have it, you know, run from there. Yeah. Like peek it out from there, see what happens, et cetera. Like yeah. that is like kind of like the, like that would be success for me. Just Absolutely. seeing that happen like growing to the fact where like I'm financially independent with my what I you know have yeah. I'm not looking for too much yeah. that's success to me I'm okay with that 100% yeah. and I think freedom is a good way to measure success because yeah you see a lot of these guys like they'll sign like you look at professional athletes even if you sign a big contract but you cannot talk about certain issues you yeah, know, yeah of you're kind of silenced on things you're a big movie actor even like a lot of the stuff you get in trouble yeah. for i guess expressing an opinion on of course for me that's kind of, of like a lack of freedom yeah i don't care how many million it is you know imagine I mean? you guys super big i guess we're big all these controversial topics are just <laughs> yeah, like yeah exactly yes suit or something yeah exactly <laughs> but like there's a lot of people who don't want to be entrepreneurs who don't want to be founders who don't want to work for themselves yeah I had a hard time kind of understanding this when I first started getting into it. Like yeah. once I realized that this was kind of like the path I wanted to go down, I was yeah. confused why not everybody was thinking the same thing. What do you think? Like, cause obviously it's okay if someone doesn't want to work. Yeah, for themselves, of course. You know what I mean? Course. It's fine. But what do you think is like that mindset? Like what prevents someone from, from going into entrepreneurship? I think it's way less secure too, right? That's true. Like it's not like you're like, it's let's risky. say you get like a job at Google. Like yeah. you're kind of set on like, you know, I'm getting paid this much a year. It depends. Yeah. Like for us, it's like, shit, do I get to pay myself this month? Or like, do I have to like push more money into the business? Right. Like, so it depends. Like, I think if you like that, like that hunger, it's more fun. I feel like for us in perspective, I feel like it's just fun. Cause I've worked at startups before. Yeah. Like I've kind of learned that like iterative approach, like building and shipping quickly. But like I worked at many startups before. So I understand like the culture that I've seen, yeah. like, most notably, like, um, working out of DMZ for, like, a while, like, in Toronto, that's DMU's incubator. And they're super huge. Like, their university ranked, like, pretty big. When I went to the office, I was like, shit, this is the coolest thing ever. Like, they have, like, a snack bar, open fridge, like, you know, lunch every Thursday, everything. Yeah. So that, that was, like, a cool, like, switch. But that, that's not really what it's like. Right. Like, it's not like it's over-glorified because they're huge right now. So, yeah. you know, they've got close to, like, a billion in funding. So, jeez. So like for them, it's like not going to affect them that much. Mm -hmm. But uh, I feel like in the startup space in general, I feel like you have to be really comfortable with like your choice. Mm. If like you choose to go down this route, like it's not like a like easy, stable route. Yeah. It's like a hard come up. But I feel like once you're up, it's like 
like that's the best it's feeling. It's the best, yeah, yeah, absolutely. That's the best feeling. Because the best, I think the best feelings come from, you know, risks. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like the, with the risk, obviously there's a huge chance, maybe a huge chance, there's a chance it's going to fail Yeah. and you're going to end up below all the people yeah, who yeah, played it course. safe, but of then course. there's also the chance that you win. Of course, of which course. I think that, I think know, that's the hardest part about it though. Like, I think your the fact that you have to live with your decision of taking that risk yeah. is hard because right. you like have put your time into it you've put your commitment into it and saying that okay i'm going to do this now mm-hmm. like and i feel like that's the problem with people like if you come like it's stressful in a way where like if you feel like you can't take something not working out for a period of time shit happens like you have to kind of like keep a calm mind about that yeah and that's why i think like passions help me a lot as well like i'm more of like a person that's like shit this is not happening like right now yeah like this seems to push out like he's more like you know just chill it'll happen that's good like that's you, need, you need both of you though that's a good you know what i mean that's the same. like if you just had yeah. if both of you thought like passion did then you the yeah. business would probably not work out but yeah if you both course. thought like you did yeah. it also wouldn't work out you yeah need that's true it's like a good those. mix yeah exactly yeah absolutely well, this has been a good talk yeah. good conversation once again appreciate you doing this no of course 100 percent. i think what you guys are doing is super cool and i really enjoy the conversation i appreciate it was it. more like a casual conversation I really feel like a podcast it was just fun absolutely yeah. absolutely yeah. that's what we try for. no is there any final thoughts you want to share you know plug your app anything just go yeah ahead. of course um okay so follow us on instagram at ace.it um sorry aceit.inc which is ace.inc and download the app. It's on iOS right now. If you're an Android user, we're sorry. We're trying <laughs> to work on that. iOS was just super painful for us because we had like 15 different versions get like rejected because of these small guidelines. Jeez. But right now it's up. It's fixed. It's running. So go and download it. If, if you guys want to email me, I'll give like, you know, uh, the part of my email to put in like the description or something. You can just send me an email if you guys have questions or like you want to start your own company and you want advice. Like I'd love to help out. For sure. Awesome, man. Yeah. Appreciate it. No, thank you so much. I appreciate it, too. Ladies and gentlemen, that is Jay Mansukani. Am I pronouncing that right? Yeah. Okay, fine. cool. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Should have asked at the start. No, that's okay. That's okay. That is episode 32, VOV Podcast. Subscribe to the channel. Like the interview. It was great. Follow us on Instagram and TikTok at Voices of Vic. And we will see you next Sunday. Peace out.